Nearly six years ago, we set out on a journey to build more room for God. And that was in response to God's leading and in response to the growth that our church has been experiencing. And that included a permanent location for our Bear Spa campus. It included necessary upgrades to our South campus, Bear Spa campus, Bridgeland campus. It included building all around the world, including in Ukraine through our partners and here at Central Campus, it has included an expansion building right over there because we believe that when we have purpose-built space, we can be even better equipped to accomplish our mission. And we are believing and we are trusting God to use all of the spaces to further his kingdom. Church, I am so excited to let you know that we received occupancy to the expansion. We have moved in and Children's Ministries is there. We started moving in the moment we heard the good news as quickly as we possibly could, and we took a phased move-in approach. And so the very first ministries to move into the expansion are those that we needed to get out of current spaces because they needed space or because we need to renovate those current spaces. So if you have questions about if your ministry is moving in and when they're moving in, just chat with your ministry leader. Now, after the service, we ask that you only go into the expansion if you're picking children up. And that's because it's currently a secured area for children's ministries that is taking place there this weekend for the very first time. And we promise you that there will be an opportunity very soon for all of us to experience the expansion. So stay tuned for that. And if you're not signed up for campus emails, sign up so that you can be among the first to find out when that will be. We want to now give you a bit of a highlight of the very first ministries that took place in the expansion this week. So watch this. to see these spaces coming to life. God is up to something new. God is up to something big in this church and in our lives. He led us to build more room. Thank you for responding to him and saying yes. Thank you for generously giving because he has used all of us to accomplish this but it is him who is building his church. It is him, and it is a great honor and privilege to receive this gift from him, and it is now up to us to steward this for his glory, amen? Why don't you stand? Let's sing the doxology to give God thanks this morning. Let's sing. Praise. 
Amen. Amen. We are going to continue to give God thanks and to celebrate by remembering what he has done this last year. So take a seat, watch this, and youth, you can head on to the pursuit as soon as this video is done. At Center Street Church, our mission is to introduce people to Jesus and help them become his devoted followers. To accomplish our mission, we pursue five things. Pursue God. We pursue intimacy with God, and as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we grow in our ability to hear and obey God. Our connection to God is the most important relationship in our life, and we pursue that through prayer and worship. Prayer is the lifeblood of our church. This year, people gathered for prayer in different ways 814 times, including at our night of prayer on the fourth Wednesday of each month. About 8,900 people on average attended our weekly worship services in person and online, and 819 kids came to children's ministries each week. Pursue relationship. We pursue disciple-making relationships to support, equip, and challenge one another to live the way of Christ. Our relationships with one another encourage us and build our faith. Over 2,800 people attended missional communities and small groups each month. You can get involved by checking out Taste and See. Just visit our website to learn more. 566 people attended our annual leaders gathering where they connected with each other and built their ministry skills. And 85 people took an important step in their faith and got baptized. My name's Janet and I've been serving in youth ministries for over three years now. I have watched my girls grow up from grade seven to now grade 10. And it's just been so cool to see how they've uh, grown in their faith. And now they're not just coming to youth and being poured into but they're actually serving in children's ministries and they're be able to pour into the next generation um, and they're also just so welcoming by bringing friends from school and extracurricular activities to youth events pursue mission as individuals and as a church we seek to introduce people to jesus that's why we support 46 workers around the globe who are working to tell people the good news of Jesus. We also worked alongside 28 partner agencies to spread the gospel and help people with spiritual and physical needs. We also saw 282 kids at our summer camps, learning about Jesus while they were having fun. What we're really excited about and are praising God for is that an amazing 249 people took the best decision they could ever make and committed their life to Christ. And so I've just started right, uh, drawing this tree and starting to see f the fruit that's forming, or the leaves, I call it, our leaves here. And I just remember um, writing this here, when you plant a seed, you don't just get a seed back, you get an entire tree of fruit. You know, I think one of the best stories is my, 45, my friend Stacy, who I've known for 45 years. And I just can't tell you guys enough about 
the joy that you get when somebody else starts to follow Jesus. <laughs> and so, and it all started with an invitation. Pursue generosity. We pursue generosity locally, nationally, and internationally. We joyfully surrender our resources and demonstrate our love of Jesus. At Center Street Church, an average of 1,524 people volunteer their time each month to help others and to introduce people to Jesus. You can join us by visiting cschurch.ca serve. We distributed nearly 6,600 lunches and food hampers throughout the year. And we helped nearly 200 newcomers to our nation through our new Canadian ministry programs. You still need people speaking truth and encouragement in their lives. Mentors and role models taught me this in my youth when they looked past my faults and took the time to listen and invest in my life. They showed me that when you're real and authentic, people hear the message. And there's no greater message than the salvation of Jesus. Pursue simplicity. We live simply to have time to hear God and the resources to accomplish the vision and mission He has called us to. Pursuing simplicity isn't about the numbers. It's about clarity. It's about learning to say no to the distractions so that we can say yes to the good things God wants to do in our lives. Simplicity frees us to enjoy the best of what God has to offer through healthy relationships and generosity made possible by reduced distractions and clear focus. We're grateful to everyone who has prayed, volunteered, and given toward our mission at Center Street Church. We want to invite everyone to join us as we pursue God, pursue relationship, pursue mission, pursue generosity, and pursue simplicity as we seek to introduce people to Jesus. Wow, that is worth celebrating. We give God all the praise for the great things that he has done this past year. And what you watched in the video is a snapshot of our annual general report. And we celebrate God's faithful activity in our midst. Now I want to welcome all of us at Center Street Church, those of us here at Center Campus, as well as those joining us from our campus in Bearspa, Bridgeland, Airdrie, and South Calgary. I also want to welcome those joining us online. Uh, before Pastor Henry comes and speaks, I want to give us an important financial update. Right now, our ministry and missions giving is at 95% of year-to-date budget. And we are overwhelmed with appreciation and gratitude for God's faithfulness through your generosity at a time of ongoing challenges that we are seeing in our world. Now, in 2018, we sense God leading us to build more room for Him, and we all responded by committing to support the build projects over and above our giving to the ministry and mission of CSC. 
And we want to praise God today that so far through your sacrificial giving, God has provided $21.6 million in our journey in this build uh, initiative. Yeah, we praise God for that. That is phenomenal. And that means we have $3.9 million more to go to complete payment for these projects. And honestly, we can't wait for all of that money to be paid off. And just as the Lord has led us to build the expansion spaces, we know that he will supply the 7% increase in this year's ministry and missions budget so we can actively pursue our mission both in the new as well as our existing spaces. And we want to invite all of you to pray and consider what the Lord wants you to give to support both the ongoing ministry as well as to complete payment for the build projects. I know from scripture that as we live generous lives, God will use our unified collective efforts to advance his kingdom purposes. You know, there are many ways in which you can give. If you have any questions on how uh, you can donate securities such as stocks or bonds, or if you're interested in planned giving, which is uh, donating through estate planning, then you can contact the church for more information or you can email giving at cschurch.ca. Now, however way God is leading you, we thank you for walking with us in this faith journey, for linking arms with us and partnering with us as we execute God's mission together. Now, we've talked about finances, but everything that we do here at Center Street Church is about people. Because people matter to God and they matter to us. We exist to introduce people to Jesus and help them become fully devoted followers. That is our mission. That is our heartbeat as a church. So we want to encourage you to be inviting your friends, family members, neighbors, co-workers to our come and see weekends. The first weekend of every month, that's the upcoming weekend, we will have services that are tailor-made for those who are spiritually seeking. So we want them to be here and, and their questions to be answered. And our prayer is that they will encounter Jesus through our come and see weekends. Also, our Christmas experience is coming up in just two weeks' time, December 9 and 10, at all of our campuses. And this is an opportunity for you to invite a people of peace in your life with whom you are having spiritual conversations. And in this service on December 9 and 10, uh, we will use stories and music to creatively share the Christmas message and the peace that only Jesus can bring. At this time, I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer for God's faithful provision for our needs as well as for the initiatives that are coming up this uh, Advent season for God to work in a powerful way. And we'll also pray for Pastor Henry as we prepare to hear what God has to say to us today. Father God, we want to give you thanks. We stand in awe of you for the great things that you have done and all that you want to do through your church. We're grateful to you, Lord, for your faithful provisions of how you meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We're grateful for the generosity of your people, for all the money that has been committed, and we also pray, God, that whatever is left will be paid off soon as well. We pray above all for this Advent season 
for the opportunities that we have to introduce people to Jesus. Would you bless each one of these opportunities to that Lord, that your Holy Spirit will be powerfully at work, that people will encounter you in a fresh new way and we will reap a great harvest this Advent season. Lord, now we want to open our hearts to you as we hear from your word. We thank you for Pastor Henry, for his faithful ministry. We ask that you will uh, anoint him afresh and speak to our hearts, that we will be receptive to the challenge that you bring to us today. For we pray this in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I decided to join the kids in wearing these glasses. You all look really good, I might just add. Just really do. Oh, oh, sorry about that. Uh, anyways, decided to wear these glasses along with the kids because I, of the joy I feel that there is now room for our kids and youth for their time of worship and time in the scriptures. <clears throat> Last week, um, I served in children's ministry, uh, which I do once in a while, both Saturday night and also Sunday morning. And I was really saddened. In fact, my heart was broken when uh, some children were turned away because there was no room. Well, at least for our grade school and our youth ministry and in the weeks to come, all of our kids and a lot of other people, there's going to be more room, and there's more room now, and for that, we give God all the glory. <clears throat> you know, one of the themes that um, we see emphasized repeatedly in Scripture is not to forget what God has done and to give thanks. Around 1400 B.C. in the book of Deuteronomy, the Israelites are gathered on the east side of the Jordan River, ready to enter the land that God had promised them, in the land that we refer to today as Israel. And the very first thing that Moses did was to stop and to review their history as a people and to remind them of God's faithfulness. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 12, he challenged them not to forget the Lord and all that he had done. Because when we remember what God has done, our faith grows. And when we remember how God has led and how God has guided us, and then we face major challenges, we do not lose heart. We do not lose focus because we know that the God who was faithful then will be faithful now. And the God who guided and led us then is still leading us now. Well, as we celebrate the opening of Central Campus edition um, this weekend, that's one of the things that I want to emphasize in this message, to remind us as the entire church of some of the things 
we must not forget or lose sight of. First of all, it's important that we not forget God's faithfulness to us over the last 65 years. I still recall visiting with one of our founding members of the church, and we got talking about God's faithfulness and goodness to us down through the years. And he said, you know, Pastor, I'm just overwhelmed with awe and gratitude for all that God has done. He said, when we started Center Street, I could never have imagined that by God's grace, our church would impact thousands of lives for Christ in our city, nation, and around the world. As I listened to him give glory to God, I was reminded of all the prayer, of all the sacrifices that he and so many others of his generation made with their time and their talent and also their money to lay a foundation for all that God is doing now, for all the things that we are enjoying and many times taking for granted now. You know, sometimes we forget that all of our ministries and all of our buildings, they didn't just suddenly appear out of nowhere one day. What we're seeing today is the result of many godly people down through the years praying seeking God's direction for our church, and then stepping out in obedience to his leading. When our original worship center filled up five times a weekend, we sought God's direction, and then we stepped out in faith. And we made all kinds of sacrifice to add an 1,100-seat worship center and larger ministry space for our children and youth, all of which, as a result, made provision for hundreds more people to hear the good news and to be introduced to Jesus Christ. That was almost 30 years ago. And I can still remember the night before our opening services there, I walked up and down the aisles of our new worship center and I prayed for God's continued blessing on our church and his continued presence in our worship gatherings. I thank the Lord for helping us complete the project with no debt, for all the additional seats that were now available for new people that would be invited who are seeking the Lord and seeking spiritual answers. And get this, I also thank God that we would never again have to expand our facilities. <laughs> and yet, once again, to my great surprise, and I say that sincerely, God continued to grow our church, and within a couple of years, we went from three to five services again, despite hugely inadequate parking, which is a nice way of saying we had little to no parking. And a number of the challenges that we were facing that normally would discourage people from coming. But God was clearly moving among us and what we experienced was anything but normal. And looking back on all of that now, I am so thankful that our church didn't decide to circle the wagons and say, okay, that's it. No more. Close the door. We're done. We've done our part. We're just going to hunker down and be a holy huddle till Jesus comes. No, committed to Jesus' call to go and make disciples, we stepped out in faith again. 
And we built what we now call Central Campus with a 2,400-seat worship center and significantly more space for children, which made it possible for thousands of people to hear about the Lord and to be introduced to him. And then because of continued growth, only a few years later, in obedience again to God's leading, we stepped out in faith again and established four other campuses in Northwest Calgary, Airdrie, Bridgeland, and South Calgary. And because of these steps of faith, down through the years, the eternal destinies of thousands of people have been changed. Thousands of people have come to faith in Jesus Christ. And we give God all the glory for his goodness and his faithfulness. You know, a little over a week ago, I walked around in our new edition here at Central Campus, and I saw, as I saw all of this much-needed additional space for ministry that we now have, my heart overflowed once again with praise and thanksgiving to God for his faithfulness, for the generosity and the financial sacrifices many of you have made. Not only giving generously to our, our, our general mission and ministry fund, but also giving over and above your regular giving to the build fund. Thank you, thank you for giving to the Lord. Only eternity will reveal the difference your faithfulness, even in the matter of giving, has made. And all of you who are newer to our church, I want to thank you in advance for joining us. In fact, we need you to join us and to grow with us in the grace of giving. Now, as I said, I was deeply moved by God's faithfulness and the generosity of his church. And as I walked around the new edition, I prayed for many of the same things I did 30 years ago. But this time, I didn't thank the Lord that we would never again have to build. Because my faith in what God can do and what God wants to do has grown significantly over the years. And when I think of God's heart for his spiritually lost kids, and I see the chaos and the confusion and the uncertainty that people are experiencing in the world around us, I can't help but believe that going forward, we are going to see an even greater number of people. In fact, we're seeing a greater number of people embrace Christ as their Lord and Savior, more so than we've seen up to this point in time. And I pray that it will be so for his glory and for the sake of a world that needs the Jesus that we know and love. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. And so, first of all, it's important we remember how faithful God has been to us over the last 65 years. Furthermore, it's also important we not forget why we are one church meeting in many locations. When our central campus facilities back in 2004 began to get maxed out in some of our weekend services, within a couple of years, and our children's ministry was close to maxing out as well, our, children, our, our church leaders once again began praying 
and talking about how do we make more room for God to reach our city and area for Christ. And even though we didn't close the door to planting independent churches, we had a collective sense that God was leading us to remain one church with the same vision and mission, meeting in many locations in Calgary and beyond for worship on the weekend, but also meeting together as a church during the week in hundreds of small groups, community groups, all over the city and area, committed together to living the way of Jesus and being on mission for Jesus in their neighborhood, at work, at school, and so forth. We made the decision to not just say we're one church, but to actually structure things in such a way to function as one church, which means we're under the watch care of one governing board, the leadership of one senior pastor and one staff team, all committed to the same biblical vision, mission, and values as a church. We made the decision to be one church to ensure that any new campus that we birthed would not only be prayed for, but given the support they need and would not be left struggling to make it on their own as many church plants often do. You see, as one church, we all give to the same ministry and mission fund. And by pooling our resources, we are not only able to fund all the ministries that we have to children and to youth and to adults and to share equipment and space required for those ministries, but we're also able to minister to and provide support for specialized ministries like people with special needs, ministry to new Canadians, the working poor and the hurting. By pooling our resources this past year through our Compassion Ministries, we were able to provide meals and support and minister to an average of 821 people on a monthly basis and provide over 6,500 box lunches and food hampers. By pooling our resources, we were able to serve and support just under 200 new Canadians a month. And these are people who sought us out and are seeking us out as a church, seeking support, help, guidance, and prayer as they are trying to adjust to living in a new city and nation. By pooling our resources, we have been able to support relief agencies dealing with disasters and tragedies and to start and support churches nationally and globally to minister to and to introduce the people in their community and their city to Jesus. By pooling our resources and giving to our build fund as part of our commitment to give 10% of every dollar that's given to build to capital projects of ministries in our city, nation, and around the world, we've been able to help with the cost of constructing church facilities in South Africa, Ukraine, and Nepal, and other projects too many to mention. And of course, as one church, we also support one another as campuses in upgrading and repairing our buildings and also leasing buildings and constructing uh, new buildings like we are right now through our build project. 
in which we enhanced our ministry meeting spaces in Bridgeland, in South Calgary, and Airdrie, completed building our new Bearspaw campus a couple of years ago, and as you heard earlier in the service, we just got our occupancy permit for our much-needed addition here at Central Campus. Furthermore, because we're one church, even though we have staff assigned to serve in various campuses, they do not minister alone, but are part of a larger staff team where they find not only encouragement, direction, support, and prayer, but are able to share ideas and strategies and resources and to do training and development and retreats together. Because we're one church, instead of the campus pastor at each of our five campuses preparing and delivering sermons every weekend, which typically, typically requires 20 to 30 hours a week of preparation, most weekends, only one pastor focuses on this very important ministry, releasing campus pastors and other pastors on staff to recruit, develop, and deploy people to lead and to serve and to do what God's calling them to do, to challenge and invite people uh, to become part of a community group and to equip people to how to share their testimony, how to share the faith, uh, how to disciple other people in the faith, and just generally equipping them to advance the mission that God has called us to. Because we are one church, when one campus has something to celebrate, we all celebrate with them like we are today. When one of our campuses is hurting in some way, we seek to help find solutions with them. For example, during COVID, our South Campus not only lost their campus pastor who moved to another province, but they also lost the facility that they were leasing for their weekend worship gatherings. Now, we learned very quickly after that that finding appropriate facilities for a church to lease in Calgary is almost impossible these days. However, after more than a year of searching, thankfully, we were able to secure a lease for our South Campus worship gathering. And together with a representative group from South Campus, we were able to invite Pastor Kevin Carruthers to be part of our pastoral team, serving now as campus pastor of our South Campus. And I hear he's greatly loved and appreciated by the folks there, as are the campus pastors at all of our campuses, not to mention all the other pastors that serve in our campuses. But all that to say, the people of our South Campus were not alone as they went through all these unexpected and difficult transitions. We came alongside them and we provided interim pastoral support. We supported them in other areas like worship uh, as needed and our leadership team worked closely with the leaders of South Campus in finding solutions for the challenges they were facing. And I share that simply as an example of what we mean when we are saying we are one church that just happens to meet in different locations. Even though we live in various regions of our expansive city, and some of us live in the city of Airdrie, we are committed to one another, to working together, 
and helping one another impact our city for Christ. And so it's important that we remember how God's faithfulness brought us to this place. And it's also important that we remember why we are committed to being one church that meets in many locations. And then thirdly, it's important to remember the mission God has called us to. For reasons I've already given in previous vision talks, buildings do matter. You see, if we're going to gather to worship our Lord and encourage and spur one another on toward love and good deeds the way the early church did, and as we're called to do in Hebrews 10, verse 25, then especially in a city with unpredictable, severe weather like Calgary, we're going to need buildings. But here's the thing. Our mission as a church is not to construct buildings. Our mission is all about loving people. It is to do what Jesus calls us to do in Matthew 28, 18, to make disciples or to introduce people to the Jesus we know and love and then to help them to become fully devoted followers of Jesus who are committed to accomplishing God's redemptive purposes in our city, nation, and around the world. And as we've been on mission together, God has grown our church. And that has led us for the need of more space. Our central campus buildings, our Bearspaw, our Bridgeland buildings, and our leased facilities in South Calgary and also in Airdrie are just tools to accomplish our mission. God doesn't change lives through buildings. But over and over again, we've seen firsthand that what happens in those buildings does change lives, and that really matters. And so let me be clear. We didn't construct or lease buildings to short, shorten how far people have to drive to attend a worship service. I mean, those are nice side benefits. But we constructed the church facilities we have to be a visible sign of our presence as Christians in our region of the city and in Airdrie, where people can find help, hope, meaning, and community through Jesus Christ, and to make room for all of the people in your life and my life who are going to be introduced to Jesus as we commit ourselves to living missionally. And so you ask, what is missional living? Well, as I shared in greater detail last spring and also at our, our uh, annual general meeting just this last week, missional living is a way of life. It is following the way of Jesus. When he was on earth, Jesus regularly met with his heavenly father alone to pray, to receive his father's assignments and direction for the day. In the same way, missional living begins with prayer, which includes daily practicing the presence of Jesus in your life and asking him to reveal to you 
someone in your life who may be far from God that he is already working in. It could be a neighbor. It could be a person at work or school. It could be a person at the gym you work out at or a hockey or, or basketball team you're part of. Someone who's open to you and, and to being your friend who doesn't reject you because of your faith but is actually open-minded enough to talk about matters of faith. When you pray for this person, what you're doing is you're inviting God to do in this person's life what you can't do, and that is to change their heart. When you take a step of faith and you begin cultivating a friendship with them and sincerely care for them and serve them, you're reflecting God's love to them. When you spend time with them and at God-appointed times share how Jesus has impacted and transformed your life, you are introducing them to God's passionate desire to be their friend and to be involved in their lives. And then when you invite them to meet your spouse, your family, your small group of friends, and or invite them to come and see weekends, which we just started a couple of months ago, to find answers to their spiritual questions and also to meet and experience your church community, you are introducing them not only to the truth of God, but also to the family of God. Pray, care, share, invite. It's a simple description of what it means to live missionally. And you don't need a theological degree to do this. You don't need to be a super Christian, whatever that is, to do this. All you need is to surrender your life to Jesus completely and be available to him to live his life through you in reaching those people of peace that he brings into your life. And church, because many of us here are living missional lives, we're seeing hundreds of people come to faith in Christ every year. In fact, since coming out of COVID, over the last two years, we've seen just under 600 children, youth, and adults make first-time decisions for Jesus Christ. I mean, can we give God all the glory? Now, missional living also involves pursuing relationships. Jesus had a very close relationship with his heavenly Father. But he didn't do life or pursue the mission his heavenly father gave him alone. No, he invited a small group of disciples to do life with him. And also to be on mission with him. And church, if we're going to live missionally on a consistent basis, we're going to need encouragement. We're going to need the support of a small group of others who are also living missionally. Jesus needed this. We're fooling ourselves if we think we don't. Now, here's the thing. Living the way of Jesus or living missionally is going to involve courage and stepping out in faith. Not only by intentionally and authentically reaching out to those who need the Lord, but it also is going to involve reaching out to others in the church, becoming part of the body of Christ.
becoming an active, involved, participating member of the church. You see, whether you're new to our church, whether you've been here for many years, you can walk into one of our campuses with one of two mindsets. You can walk in with the mindset that says, here I am, notice me, please come and talk to me, serve me, help me, please. Now if that's your mindset, and then think about it, if that is the mindset of most everybody else around you, hmm, we got ourselves a problem, and you may get disappointed. And you may miss the opportunity to meet someone who may become a good friend. You will also miss the opportunity to make a difference in the life of someone else. On the other hand, if you have a mindset that says, there you are, tell me who you are. Tell me how I can encourage and how I can pray for you, how I can meet your needs, help you in some way. It won't matter how large your our churches or how large your campus is because soon you're going to have a number of friends and you're no longer going to feel alone and your faith will come alive as God uses you to impact the lives of others by caring for and serving them in some way and so I'm challenging you in fact I am pleading with you to have a Christ-like mindset to focus on and to reach out to others. And not to ask, what can this church do for me? But rather to ask, what can I do for this church? How can I become a part of this church community? How can I encourage and serve the people of this church? How can I support this church financially to fulfill the mission that God has called us to? You see, here's the thing. All our campuses are growing. Our children's ministry, our youth ministry, our young adult ministries, various adult ministries are all growing. And more than ever, we need those who are part of our spiritual family called Center Street Church to do what members of a healthy family do. I mean, think about it. What do members of healthy families do? Well, when the family comes together, the members of that family do not sit back and let a few do the work. No, they jump in with both feet and they offer to help wherever there is a need. And friends, it should be no different with our spiritual family, the church. You know, last Sunday afternoon, there were, there were 150 people that showed up here um, to help move our grade school children's ministry into the new, the new wing. And uh, man, we had a lot of fun. You know, when people serve together, you have a lot of fun. And that's one of the things I noticed immediately by the people that were there. There were people there that were four years old. There were people there that were probably 75 or however old they were. And they had a lot of fun. They also got to know each other as they were having fun. And we got everything done 
in a couple of hours. If six people had showed up, they'd still be doing that and they would be some frustrated. And that sometimes describes the challenge that comes when only a few participate. In fact, I just need you to know that there isn't a ministry in our church that isn't in need of help. I know in a large church, and it may seem like, you know, we've got no need for any help. But I need you to know we have many needs. There are opportunities, so many opportunities for you to serve and to exercise the gifts that God has given to you. There are opportunities to lead a community group or to serve as a host of a community group. As I said earlier, almost every week, we turn away children in our children's ministry, and at times we turn away youth, not just here at Central, but also at uh, our other campuses. And not just because of a lack of room, but also because of a lack of leaders and servant volunteers. Our special needs ministry has a growing need for people to serve as buddies to those with special needs. There are opportunities to serve in one of the ministries that are dedicated to helping us be ready for company on the weekend, on our come and see weekends, when the people that we're inviting show up here. Ministries like serving in the cafe uh, as an usher, as a greeter. There are opportunities to help in the area of administration. Boy, do we have opportunities. If you've got a gift of administration, come and see us, especially if you're available during the day. We have opportunities in tech, in operations, things like cleaning, maintenance, repairing, setting things up, taking things down. There are opportunities in our compassion ministries and ministry to new Canadians. And this is only a snapshot of the needs and the opportunities that there are. You know, on my way to church uh, this morning, I was, I was thinking about this part of the message. And I was reminded that you know, having a baby is a glorious thing. Now, mind you, I'm told by those who give birth to babies that it isn't always so glorious, okay? But, but when a child is born, we celebrate his or her arrival. But we know instinctively that that baby will die if it is left alone. That baby needs love, care, and support. And as he or she grows... They say it's, it's going to take a village to help that child become all that God intended him or her to be. While in the same way, when we live missionally, we, that we talked about just a moment ago, God will use us to introduce children and youth and adults to Jesus. And that is a wonderful celebration. But that is only part of our mission. These spiritual children need to grow spiritually. And so if we truly want to help these children, these youth and adults that have come to Jesus, and we want to help them to become fully devoted followers of Jesus, which is the second half of our mission, it is going to require us coming together as a church being in community with one another and each of us using the time, the abilities, the gifts of God that he has given to us to do our part 
and investing in these lives, either directly or in a supportive way behind the scenes. We're all working toward the same mission. And when we come together to help others in some way, one of the wonderful rewards that we receive, and we're going to receive for doing so, is we get to know those that we minister alongside of. And we often become friends. And our need for a relationship is a wonderful byproduct of just being on mission. Church, what I'm saying is missional living involves being all in. Missional living is not something that you can add to an already over-scheduled life. If you want to live missionally, you've got to look at your values and your priorities. As I said a moment ago, the church isn't a place that you come to once a week and then leave. No, it's the new kingdom. It's God's kingdom, God's family that you belong to. You see, God created us for a purpose. And that purpose at its core, and please listen carefully, God's purpose for your life and my life is not about your personal fulfillment, your comfort, security, your satisfaction, or your safety in life. No, he created us for himself. Not in the sense that we're his playthings, but in the sense that in the same way healthy parents love being in relationship with their kids, so God wants to be in relationship with us. And you see, God's heart breaks for his spiritually lost kids when they reject him, when they ignore him, or replace him with temporary counterfeit gods. And so when we give our lives to knowing God and to making him known by joining him in reaching those who are spiritually lost and are far from God, the New Testament teaches we are involved in the most God-glorifying activity possible because nothing is closer to his heart. In fact, Luke 19 tells us that it is this, this is the reason why Jesus came says this, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And in John 20, verse 21, after, the resurrection, after his resurrection, Jesus said to his disciples, even as he says it to us today, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. And this is why I believe we Christians are still here and not in heaven. Because we can do everything else in heaven, and we can do it so much better than we can here on earth. The only thing we can't do in heaven and that we must do in this life is to introduce people to Jesus and help them to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. People who don't know him and are headed for a Christless eternity without him. And this is the purpose to which we've been called and as long as we're still here, God has a purpose for us to fulfill in some way and in some person's life. So reflect on that this coming week. Who is the person in our lives that God's calling us to begin to pray for and to reach out to? And or who is the person that God's calling us to encourage and to help today in some way.
And so church, as long as there's one person in this city, in our nation, in our world, who doesn't have an authentic, personal, growing friendship with Jesus Christ, our mission isn't complete. Within five to 10 minutes of every one of our campuses, there are tens of thousands of people who do not know Jesus. Oh, they may say they know about Jesus, but they do not know him. And some of them are members of your family. Some of them live next door to you in your neighborhood. Some sit at the desk at work or at school next to you. And God wants to use you and me to introduce them to the Jesus we know and love. So let me be frank. If your Christian life is lethargic, if your marriage is on life support, if your children are bored and going through the motions of their faith, if your community group lacks life and passion, I can predict with a high degree of accuracy that one of the reasons, if not the major reason, is because you aren't seriously living out the mission that Jesus has called us to. In your personal life, in your marriage, your family life, and also in your small group. Mark my words, the primary focus of your life and the life of your family if, that, if, if the primary purpose is to be comfortable, if it's to be safe and secure from all the evil and the chaos and the confusion that's going on in our world, if it's to stockpile wealth or to win a trophy or a title, if it is to live for yourself and to accumulate all the toys and the things of life that won't last anything when you breathe your last. If that is where you are at, then you will be miserable or bored or both. Because you and your family will have missed the very reason God created you and put you here in Calgary for such a time as this. Yes, it will involve carefully examining your values and identifying what it is that you're really after in life and then thinking about the day that you breathe your last and asking is this really worth giving my life to is this really the life the values i want my kids to emulate and yes it will take conviction and sacrifice giving up some evenings watching Netflix or sports or some other form of entertainment in order to step out and to give of your time and of your abilities to serve others in Jesus' name. It's going to take time. It's going to take courage and faith to live missionally. But I can tell you from personal experience that nothing, absolutely nothing, will awaken and grow your faith more, enrich your prayer life more, Increase your dependence on God more. Bond your marriage. Bond your family and your small group more. Give you greater peace and satisfaction and fulfillment in life. And most importantly, glorify God more than when you, your spouse, your family, your small group of friends, pursue Jesus with all of your heart, soul, and mind and the mission 
that he's called us as Christians to. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in maintaining the status quo. Never have been. I'm not interested in just living the good life, a life of comfort and ease and going through the motions of my faith. I want to invest my life in that which will glorify God and that's going to last forever. And you know what that is? That is knowing God. And it's making him known to the people who need the Lord. Are you with me on this church? May we never forget the words of the author who said, we have only one life and it will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ is going to last. And may we never forget the warning that Jesus gave when he said, what will it profit a person if he gains the whole world and yet loses his soul? Center Street Church in Airdrie, in Bridgeland, in South Calgary, in Bearspaw, and here in Highland Park. I implore you, I implore you, may we not be the generation that shrinks back and plays it safe. May we not be the generation that turns inward and says, no more, close the door to all that God wants to do in us and together as a church. No, may we like those who have gone before us May we step out in obedience to his call and leave a legacy of faith and adventure for all of those who come behind us in our living and in our serving and in our giving. May it be so to the glory of God and for the sake of a world that needs the Jesus that we know and love. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you all.